It seems like every year Hollywood comes out with a disaster movie about the imminent end of the world. One that came out a few years ago was Armageddon, which was about a comet that was going to come and destroy the earth as it impacted into the surface. Another one was Independence Day, which was about huge alien ships coming over to blast us into smithereens. Where all the Marvel superheroes always seem to be about some force that's going to destroy the earth or the galaxy or the universe as we know it. Or left behind, the end begins. How's that for a title? (laughs) Or 2012, remember this one? You know, this was about, uh, there was an, there's an ancient Mayan calendar that apparently was going to reach its end in the year 2012, and so people were all worried about, oh, is this the end of the world? Well, it didn't exactly happen that way. We didn't see huge chasms open up in the earth and swallow entire cities. Or, or maybe you're old enough you remember the Y2K scare. You know, all of our computers didn't know how to switch from 1999 to 2000 because they'd only been written with two digits. And everybody was worried, oh, all the computers are going to crash. Everything's going to fall into chaos. You know, people were doing all these different things, stockpiling food, making sure they had 80 cases of water per person, uh, you know, Baking their for- their homes into like a fortress and stocking up on guns and making sure that they were going to be able to defend themselves against the chaos that was coming. You know, several years ago, someone predicted that the Cubs would face the Indians in the World Series. Uh, who, who could ever imagine that happening? Uh, and when the score was tied at the bottom of the eighth, the world would end. <laughs> Didn't quite happen that way, did it? People are always trying to figure out when the end will come. In the 1830s, William Miller predicted that the end of the world, you know, based on his calculations from reading the Bible, he predicted that the end of the world would happen on October 22nd, 1844. And he had thousands of people that believed him and said, yeah, you're right. That's when it's going to end. And all these people gathered up on top of a mountain in uh, like South Carolina or somewhere and uh, got ready for the end of the world to come. And it didn't. And so then he went back and recalculated. And Oh, he said, I missed a couple of things. It's actually going to be in four months on this particular date. And so again, they gathered up on top of the mountain and the end of the world didn't happen. That was the the Millerites, these people that followed him, called that the great disappointment. And interestingly, there was a group of people that, you know, said, oh, actually, you know, he was right that, you know, something did happen that day, only it didn't happen on earth. It was something that happened up in heaven. And so we're waiting for Christ to still return. And so out of that movement was born the Seventh-day Adventists, who are still looking for Christ's return and are always, you know, wondering about what the timing is going to be. Jesus says that that day will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. It won't be anything that you can prepare for. You'll, you know, 
You'll have to flee like refugees fleeing from the war in Syria or people running from earthquakes or landslides or tsunamis. Stockpiled supplies would be abandoned. Fortresses would crumble. Jesus was with his disciples in Jerusalem and they were admiring the beautiful temple and how gorgeous everything was there in Jerusalem. And Jesus told them that it was all going to be thrown down. That the entire temple would be leveled. And it seemed ridiculous to the disciples. This was the center of worship for the entire Israel nation of Israel. They'd been building this temple for decades. And it was made out of these immense stone blocks. But in 70 A.D., just less than 40 years after Jesus said so, the Romans leveled the temple when they put down a revolt in Jerusalem. They destroyed the city. When, when Jesus was talking with his disciples about the destruction of the temple, he also spoke about things that would happen later. He warned that they would face persecution that it would be brother against brother, father against children, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. He also warned them that there would be false messiahs, false prophets and signs in the sky, that there would be wars and rumors of wars and all this turmoil. And today, in 2016, even after centuries of people predicting dates that didn't come to pass, there are still plenty of people trying to predict the end of the world. Jesus said, no one knows about that day. Not even me. Not even the Son. I'm always suspicious of people that claim to know more about the end of the world than Jesus. He simply tells us to stay awake and keep watch. I've been seeing a whole lot of commercials lately on television and on the radio about security systems for your home. I don't know if it's just the time of year when people are starting to stockpile Christmas gifts and they're trying to, you know, make sure that everything's secure in their house. You can even get like a video doorbell now. You know that that you you know when somebody comes up to your door and rings the bell. A little camera clicks on and your phone rings. And all of a sudden, you know, wherever you are, you can look at your phone and go, Oh, here's Harry from next door. He's at one what he wants at the door. Hello, Harry. What's going on? <laughs> you know, and the tagline for it is always be home even when you're not there. <laughs> thinking no robber's going to try and come in a house if they think that somebody's there. The last day may come like a thief in the night, but we know who's coming. Paul said that we await the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus promised his disciples, you will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. And one of the writers of the Psalms, hundreds of years earlier, said, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. 
We want God to make a grand entrance into our lives, to show up in a big way when we need Him. But He came much more humbly 2,000 years ago. As we've heard today, the word Advent means arrival. We're we're celebrating the anticipation of Jesus' birthday, and we are looking forward to His return. In the meantime, we are to keep awake. Not run off to stockpile food for the end times, but watch for Jesus. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus says, but my words will not pass away. Jesus' words, God's promises, are the most important thing. Sherry, it was great to hear you talk about how each day you spend 15 or 20 minutes in the Word listening to God's standard for your life. That's what we need. We need God's Word to be our standard, to be the rock of our foundation. We're to trust in God, not in ourselves or in our stockpile. We're called to tell the story to share the message about who is coming. We're to tell people about Jesus and the difference that He makes in our lives and in the world. Stay awake. Keep watch, Jesus says. The dawn is almost here. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, uh, the second Lord of the Rings movie, is when all the men and women and children of Rohan had fled in front of a vast army from their enemies to Helm's Deep, this ancient fortress. Gandalf the wizard went for reinforcements and told them, look to my coming at the first light. At dawn, look to the east. They were besieged all night long. Their walls and their gates were breached and the enemy was upon them when suddenly dawn began to break and they heard a horn. They looked east and they saw a rider on a white horse shining like the sun, leading a thundering cavalry that swept through and scattered the enemy army. One day our Lord will return to set all things right and defeat evil forever. Will we be awake? Will we be ready? I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel reading that we heard today. Matthew 24. In your pew Bibles, it's around page 1540 or so. This whole chapter, 24, Jesus is talking with his disciples about the ends of the age. Both what would happen there in Jerusalem when the temple was destroyed and when the end will come. And right after the passage that we heard in verse 44, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Jesus goes on to talk about a faithful and wise servant. A faithful and wise servant is one 
who is put in charge of the servants of the household to give them their food at, their prop, at the proper time. So this is someone that the master has put in charge while he's away for a while. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, you will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away for a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Some people picture that Christ will return like a sharp-eyed drill sergeant inspecting a line of soldiers. Is your life ready to stand up to the scrutiny? Are you good enough to make it into the kingdom? Do you have what it takes? To be honest, I don't think any of us have what it takes. How could anyone be generous generous enough or faithful enough to impress God? How could you be holy enough and good enough to get God on your side? Even Jesus told some people that asked that called him good teacher. He said, "Why do you call me good? There's only one who is good." Asking if we will be ready for God's kingdom to come is a little like asking an ant to be ready for a landslide. Like the ant, we will just get carried along. When Martin Luther was explaining what it means in the Lord's Prayer when we pray, Thy kingdom come on earth. He says, God's kingdom comes on its own, indeed, without our praying for it. But we ask in this prayer that it may come also to us. We can't possibly be prepared enough for Jesus to return. We don't pray enough. We don't read our, the Bible enough. We don't do enough. We can't earn our way into the kingdom. But God chooses to give the kingdom to us. Jesus says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. What Jesus tells us to seek from God God is more than willing to give. Your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Living in God's kingdom doesn't mean escaping this world and going somewhere else. It means living under God's reign here and now and forever. Servants should be, ex- should be prepared for their master to arrive unexpectedly. Homeowners should be prepared for a thief to come unexpectedly. How do we prepare for the Son of Man to return? Part of being prepared is to live expectantly. Good and faithful servants work as if the master is already present. Shrewd homeowners anticipate a thief and don't let their house be broken into. We know Jesus is coming. We are to live as if he's already here, 
Not building up wealth for ourselves, but giving to those in need. When we give ourselves away, we build up treasure in heaven that will not be taken from us. Be alert, Jesus says. Keep watch. Look for signs of God's reign all around you and join in. When is Jesus coming back? When you least expect it. The important thing about being prepared is knowing who's coming. Who's coming? A thief? Yes. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Jesus comes like a thief to steal our hearts and lives, to make us his own. Who's coming? Our master? Yes, a master who comes to serve. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The King of Kings has paid a royal ransom for you. Your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. So keep watch for what God is doing all around you and join in. Remember who's coming. A royal thief who comes to steal our hearts and lives. Our master who serves. Our father who gives us the kingdom. Amen.